G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, hi Matt. Uh, I was born in uh, Levin, New Zealand and uh, we uh, emigrated to Australia when I was about 30 years old uh, for a new life. And uh, Yeah, but I was born and raised in Levin and moved around in various places while I was raised with my family. Okay, and tell us about your faith journey. Did you have a religious upbringing at all? Well, interesting. Yeah, my my mother was in the Baptist Church. Um, uh, she had a lot of issues. Our home had a lot of issues because my dad was an alcoholic, and uh, he'd you know sometimes beat my mum. And we grew up a very nervous, terrified sort of sort of bunch of six kids in the family. And uh, four, I got four sisters and one brother. That's probably why I'm able to natter as well as I do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so he frequent drinking sessions, and um, we were quite scared as we were growing up. And but my mum had a faith. And uh, she'd take us along to Baptist Church. And funnily enough, out of all the kids, I was the only one who hated going. I'd rather sit at home and listen to my dad, who'd play records on Sunday morning. He didn't want to go to church, but my mum did. And the rest of the family used to enjoy it, but I used to get bored with it. So, <laughs> um, But uh, towards... Uh, I was always a stay-at-home type fella. Um, I, I was always a bit nervous of the big, bad world. Uh, but when I was... Because of all my insecurities and that, I felt very low, had a low self-esteem. I was always looking for relationships for especially with other women, I suppose, to try and make myself feel better about myself. But when the guy's like that, he's always looking for the security and you're just in a relationship and that's, that's not the way to be. But anyway, I had after one failed relationship after another, I um, came to a point of a nervous breakdown. But before that, I'd met the Lord in, in Hastings, New Zealand, where we were living at the time. I was in the Pentecostal church, a fiery pastor. I was after his daughter. <laughs> she said, oh, why don't you come on to church? I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be nice for you. know, I was used to church. You know, God's here. You know, it's a bit <laughs> boring sort of thing. But, uh, of course, this was all fired up and people were over the top and they were swinging in the shoe, you know, really, really enthusiastic. And this man came up and said, oh, Patrick, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, the pastor. He had eyes of fire. And I said, um, well, no, not really. So would you like to? And I said, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready. So what have you got to lose? That's a great invitation, isn't it? You know, <laughs> repentance, mate. <laughs> Laid hands on me and I had this amazing experience where I, all of a sudden I started seeing people differently. There was more to them after that. I was just aware of motives. It was more to us than skin and bone. And from there, I started really searching. I, I went I went down to Wellington, even though I fell away from church, and it was just a, a one-off thing. I had this real gnawing sense of emptiness and uh, lacking fulfillment. And eventually, I was involved with this girl in my life, fell to pieces, and I had this nervous breakdown. I'll tell you, Matt, anybody who's, people who knows what panic attacks are and anxiety attacks, I was in the biggest hole it's like you're in a hole and you see people upstairs who are happy and you can't get out of it. It's, it's And I knew I could find peace with God because I needed peace. I was constantly tormented in my thoughts. I started going to a church where a real revival was happening, uh, Miramar Christian Centre back in the 70s. And uh, the pastor there, he was preaching the gospel, preached Jesus, the living word. I finally got an area of my life under control, uh, which you know what I'm talking about when it comes to men, particular area. I knew I had to turn from certain passions. Once I did that, God started speaking to me through the Word. He spoke to me through Chronicles, where Jehoshaphat came up against an army, 
And the Lord said to him, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand still. You'll see the victory of the Lord. Now, up to that point, I was constantly fighting thoughts. I, I tried to get to sleep to, to calm down because I was constantly terrified. I remember walking home one afternoon thinking about this verse I'd read. And I sat on my bed, like 40 years ago, I can remember it like it was yesterday, Matt. sat on my bed and I said, Lord Jesus, that's just what it's like. I feel like I'm in a battle against things I can't understand. I'm asking you to t- come and take over and fight the battle for me. And it's hard to describe what happened next, but it was like instantly in my spirit, this door went bang, slam shut. And there was just all the torment was gone. I mean, gone. And there's this beautiful name, Jesus. It's just resonating through my spirit. Now, it's a scripture that says, The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run into him and are safe. And that is exactly what happened to me. I, I found my safe place. I no longer had to fear torment. Or, uh, and I, I found that place, the mind of Christ. I knew what it meant to be in him. I started feeling what he was feeling and thinking what he was thinking. And it was such a powerful encounter. And it changed my life. It completely turned around for me. So, and what, and, uh, what age were you then? I was 21. 21. And uh, <laughs> oh my, I was, it was such a transforming thing. I'll tell you what. Uh, from that moment on, yeah, I knew I didn't have to do things to please God because I had him. I had him and he. I knew peace and I knew... If, I, if anxiety ever tried to come on me from that point, I always just turn to the, my strong tower and I'd feel safe. He was always there. So, And I started recognizing peace guiding me in certain areas because I still, I thought, nah, blow that. I'm not going to get involved with another girl after this. So I'd found such an incredible reality of who he was. I, I, I thought a woman might take that away. But I knew the Lord, I think, was going to lead me into being married. And I was wanting to go out with certain other a couple, two or three ladies, but I, you know, when you go and move in a direction when you're a Christian, you think, no, that's just not right. So you'd have this, I backed off, but then I came to, I met my wife, Annie, and I wanted to go out of there, and I was praying about this, and I just had this tremendous peace, <laughs> the whole thing. So, so uh, I, you know, went out with her, and the Lord showed me about being the security and the relationship. You have to be at a place where your feelings and your desires are under control. When it comes to, especially the relationship with the opposite sex, you have to be in control and have to be at peace with God and he's first and then everything else comes from that from a place of security. And that's where I was with Annie and here we are, 40 years, just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. Wow, congratulations, <laughs> mate. What a great yeah. testimony. And let me just backtrack. I love, yeah. I love the line that the pastor used on you. What have you got to lose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 I probably left out um, after I got married and that I, because of, uh, of things I've been through I had such an incredible experience that I thought I was pretty lofty high sort of bloke and I had a, quite a few critical, critical attitudes and remember on my honeymoon I said Lord you know how the Christians say thank you Lord for the thing and I was saying thank you Lord that <laughs> for this that and that and I said Lord I'm tired of saying thank you just for the sake of saying thank you I want to be really thankful and, and mean it well I've had two brain tumours since then no uh, but acoustic neuroma, benign brain tumor. The first one was when I was 23, diagnosed, and I just sailed through it because I was going through such hardship. And the church prayed for me. I was going through hardship, and I just thought, "Oh, I'm going to go home to be with the Lord." And that then that never happened. And then I started to realise, you know, we're only here for a short span, mm. and uh, 70 odd years or whatever. And it's changed me a lot in my perspectives, and my, I'm so much more grateful. So yeah. Sorry, you were saying? Well, mate, it's wonderful to hear your testimony and what God's done in your life.
Um, let's mm. talk a bit about uh, your family. So many yeah. might recognise the surname Gibney, and of course yeah. uh, many people may know your sister, Rebecca Gibney, who is a household name, yeah. a well-known yeah. actress. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, yeah what, what's yeah. she been yeah. in over the years? She's been in lots of shows and movies, hasn't she? Oh, well, she's perfect. She actually coached us to come over to Australia. Now, she's living back in New Zealand, funnily enough. Yeah, she started in uh, Zoo Family, then she did um, The Fine Doctors, which really launched her whole career. Uh, I think she was on uh, All Together Now as well. And uh, she like, even did a This Is Your Life when she was about 30-something years old. Yeah. <laughs> and then, she, then she, now she's done Wanted. She's been in uh, the show called Winter. And Pack to the Rafters, of course. That's when she got the gold Logie. Yep. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's pretty... What you see on the screen is pretty much what she's like. She's very... Um, uh, in, 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 uh, intentional and uh, very, she's a real compassionate, and she because she knows what she's been through similar things to what we I've been through, and shows she's it's, but she's got a real compassion in her. That's why a lot of people warm to her. You know, yeah, very we cool. catch up actually every every Sunday or so. Um, we had like a Zoom meeting, yeah. like uh, the four, my four sisters and my brother and my mum. My dad passed away uh, years ago. Uh, yeah, and we. So we catch up quite often. She usually instigates it for the Zoom meeting. So oh, it's yeah, good. It's good. Well, I did see you on ABC TV on a, a TV show where you and Rebecca were on there talking about yeah. your memories and all that. Yeah. Uh, was was that yeah. a pretty cool yeah. experience? Yeah, it was. It was because uh, um, I actually get quite nervous in front of cameras and stuff. But um, uh, Julia, uh, Julia Zanero, who, who took, she was a very great host and put us very much at ease and. It was painful for Rebecca going through a lot of those memories, and because we went to the house where my father had passed away, and and about reliving some of the old memories while we were brought up. And me and her used to be dance partners in a, a dance school. We were going to do lessons. She actually started her career on a show called Ready to Roll, uh, doing dancing. And I actually enrolled in the same school, but because of my mental health issues, I uh, gave, I didn't carry on with it. But she did, and you know, one thing led to another. She came over to Australia, and just by chance had a um, <laughs> she ended up for an audition just for a bit of fun, she said, and she landed this role and it took off from there. So. Yeah. Now, your other claim to yeah. fame is that you yeah. uh, are a dancing delivery driver who's gone viral <laughs> and you, you've been on Channel 7 and everything. Tell, yeah. us, tell us about all this. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't get that many requests, but I, you know what? I, by the grace of God, I'm so grateful that I can still move at like 64 <laughs> years old I am this year. And I'm just so grateful to be out. I love to bust out and move. I've always loved to dance. And our whole family, like, we're a bunch of performers. When we were younger, we'd, you know, you stand in front of the Dutch, the head, the wardrobe in the mirror, holding a hairbrush, pretending you're some big shot star, you know, <laughs> and dancing and performing. We're, we're all like that when we were growing up. So, But Rebecca had the pizzazz to go on with it and stuff. But, I mean, I still love to bust out, like, dancing and, and uh, yeah, every now and then with my customers, I've done a couple of like dance routines I've talked about just recently um, uh, did, we were at a, f- a 50th and uh, taught there was about 15 ladies on the floor I was lead, teaching them this particular dance it was through two or three of them they loved it so and I really enjoy it too you know it's life gotta get into life so yeah. oh good on you mate well I, I did I do remember seeing that on on your Facebook and Thinking, well, I've got to chat to Patrick about that one day. That looks that looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and mate, yeah. you know, you're also an elder at a great church called Nexus in Brisbane, and, and my kids go to school at Northside Christian College, which is oh, a part of the church that's there. Awesome, it's yeah. A great, yeah. great church. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, yeah. what's your, you know, what's your role there, and, and are you involved in ministry there as well? Yeah, well, Annie and I are on the eldership there, I used to say, and um, we, uh, yeah, we minister, but we 
talk yeah, pray with people. I love praying for people and just see what the because of you know I can hear the hear the Lord what He wants to do with people and it, whatever. It's a, we're pastoral, uh, especially myself. I've got a pastoral um, uh, ministry, I suppose. And uh, yeah, and so we, we're just involved in ministry to people on one on one, and we go to church out at uh, Sandgate, the Nexus Hub, and. I just love getting alongside people, and the Lord told me years ago when I first got saved that He wants me to stir up the body of Christ to love and good work. So that there's nothing I enjoy more, Matt, than going to church and getting alongside people and encouraging them into all that God has for them, because uh, that's our purpose. Every one of us is to—we have a purpose, eternal purpose, you know—to to stir one another up in this greater destiny than what we can see sometimes for all of us, and to see people walk into that gives me great joy. And uh, with Annie as well. But she's actually involved with um, aged care and it's quite an uh, important role too. And uh, so that's quite taxing for her, but I'm able to help her and support her where I can as well. But the ministry of the church, yeah, we, we just love being involved with the people. We've been there about 30 years. so Awesome, mate. And, you know, before we wrap yeah. up, you know, you shared earlier about when you were 21, uh, you know, you came, yeah. came to Christ. You know, the pastor said what he got to lose, and you, and you, you prayed the prayer. You gave your heart to the Lord. <laughs> For those that have never yeah. heard the gospel, share with us what is yeah. the gospel and how do people respond? Okay, what is the gospel? Well, <laughs> the gospel is not about us getting our lives fixed. It's our, about our lives being laid down. Which, in this, the problem with ever, I've heard a preacher say recently that. The, Problem with the world is everybody gets out of the world. Everybody gets out of bed each day to live for themselves, and that's not to be us. We think it's like a prayer we pray to go to heaven, but it's not. Heaven needs to come into us. Heaven will not come into us until we lay our life down. We, we, we come to Christ. We come to His. Uh, come to the cross. I'm coming more and more back to the centrality of what the cross and what Billy Graham, preachers like him, would preach it. The cross is where it's at. The cross is where the justice, the love the compassion, the mercy, and all the things of God are contained in the cross. The whole story is contained there. For anybody who's listening, who needs, who wants peace, who wants that, they they come to the cross. Bring everything you have to the cross and bring everything to what happened there. You'll you'll be released into joy, released into freedom, as long as you lay your life down. The whole thing about baptism, we lay our lives down, we buried with Christ to be raised in newness of life because this life is not about us we have 70 short years on this planet and it is we put too much emphasis on on you know getting a house or a car or whatever but those things are irrelevant compared to our eternal destiny we're a relationship with him that we can fulfill a purpose that he originally designed for us we'll never find that while we live for ourselves just get up every day to live for Jesus every day purpose yourself to live for Jesus and he'll guide you to where you need to be. Well, Patrick, it's been yeah, such awesome. a privilege to hear your story today. Thanks thank for joining you, us. Oh, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, God bless the people listening. I hope God enriches them somehow with it. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. All the best. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.